0: Hello, welcome to our December edition of the Erasing Shame podcast. My name is DJ Chuang, and I'm joined with my co-host, Ellen Choi. How are you this month?
1: Hi, I'm all uh, I'm all right.
0: But yeah. honestly,
1: I would have to say I'm feeling um, the holiday stress. Mm. Well,
0: honesty is good. That's what we try to foster here.
1: Yeah, I, I I'm feeling... Uh, the burden of the pressures of you know um, ending the year strong,
0: mm. on um, top of just the holidays,
1: exactly. Wow, and and um, the pressures of getting my family together and mm-hmm. making sure that everyone you know has a picture perfect memory, but it comes at a sacrifice and a cost.
0: Yes well that's what we're going to talk about in just a minute and we want to welcome our new viewers and listeners to the Erasing shame podcast we broadcast and distribute this on youtube and facebook as well as apple podcast and almost every other channel that we know of for podcasting the and our website yeah com. we are for season 4 we are aiming for 1 or two episodes per month we know you have a lot of choices in podcast um, shows to listen to or to watch and it's getting to the point I feel like it's just too much information to take in and uh, we want to pace ourselves as well as for you as the audience so that um, well we have meaningful conversations uh, at a good pace because we do talk about some heavy topics on most of our episodes uh, that are personal and uh, weighty. And the reason do we do that is because that's part of how we can be erasing shame. And we've titled this episode, Forgiveness and Grace, as we enter or we're in the midst of the holiday season, as you're listening to this, whether that's Christmas or Kwanzaa or New Year's and uh, other holidays that come around this time of year. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And uh, it brings up all kinds of emotions because uh, of the movies that we watch that celebrate this holiday season. It also brings up the memories of family, what we wish our family could be and the family that we Are given, and often the two don't match for many of us, and so that brings up all kinds of emotions, Uh, many of them uh, painful and hurtful. And sometimes uh, we have a difficult time letting go of those pains. So, you alluded to a bit of that, Helen. Uh, I'll share a bit of mine as well, but uh, ladies, first, if we can do that. How do we name the pains and the challenges of the holiday season when it comes to our own dreams, wishes, and our family?
1: So, um, I was recently discussing with a friend of mine, um, and the very first time I appeared on the Erasing Shame podcast, I shared a little bit about my um, background and. You know my background, um, how I came to being a not-for-profit consultant, and it happened. I've been, I've entered this world since uh, November 1998, and interestingly, I'm still friends with a lot of the people that really embraced me wholeheartedly, without judgment or um, assumptions. And, um, you know, I was telling them about the Erasing Shame podcast and how excited I am and really grateful to be here. And on that note, we were talking about, um, sort of what are some of the antidotes, or what what people are looking for in terms of um, personal healing, or what they would like to hear or see within um, not just family and friends, but also people in leadership, because when we, you know, our audience here on the podcast are very broad and diverse. There are people from, you know, all different sectors, um, and when we think about cross-cultural, cross-sector um, engagement. Shame is universal, it's always pain. Mm-hmm. And uh, so because of the holidays it it dawned upon me that we forget the basics of of healing, which is really rooted in grace and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Which is which isn't necessarily the easiest thing to do. That's right. And the reason why I say it's not the easiest thing to do is because holiday blues and stress is a real um, barrier for mm-hmm. many to function at work in their relationships, in their parenting, in their personal growth and journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm here in Canada. I know you're in uh, California <laughs>
0: And we have more people in California than all of Canada, I just heard.
1: Yes. <laughs> I didn't even know mm-hmm. until I started doing this podcast and I started thinking a lot about California. And then I was like, thinking about it, I was like, wait a minute, the state of California has a bigger population than Canada, but our landmass is roughly equivalent to Russia. <laughs> but, you know, uh, but. To counter that, and a lot of people might not know this, but it's a fact. Did you know that Santa Claus is from the North Pole and Canada owns North Pole? So that means technically Santa Claus is Canadian.
0: What? Well, A. A? All right.
1: (laughs) Don't say ho, ho, ho. Say A, (laughs) A, (laughs) A.
0: Okay, you heard it here on Erasing Shame.
1: So anyways, um, so we're going to like share this on for our show notes. But this is a a, a link um, in a note um, that is critically reviewed by many medical uh, professionals. And uh, here in Canada, like I can't speak to America because it's like comparing a big bag full of apples to maybe one apple here. (laughs) But um, it's, it's some it's like a really scary statistic I heard was about how everyone, every one and three person that goes to see a doctor here in Canada is because of stress, workplace stress, relationship stress, mm-hmm. and especially around the holidays. There's mm-hmm. so many people with difficult, overwhelming circumstances. And the WebMD article touches on um, typical sources of holiday sadness includes, um, not just stress, but fatigue, unrealistic expectations, which we name as pressures, or the overcommercialization that we see often in you know the advertisements or the marketing, financial stress, like, how am I going to pay for the rent? How, how am I going to pay for all this presents? And, you know, what if your birthdays and anniversaries and all these celebrations are all hyper-jumpled up just leading up to Christmas or, you know, end of the year? And this one really touches my heart the most, I think, is the inability to be with one's family and friends. And the impact of that, you know, balancing the demands of shopping, parties, family obligations and house guests may contribute to feelings of being overwhelmed and the increase of hypertension in the body. And um, people who don't recognize these symptoms which is really depression or anxiety may develop responses such as uh, an overwhelming headache may lead to alcoholism excessive drinking overeating and insomnia and uh you know you can see on the show links here you should go on the www.erasingshame.com website which really gets to the point of um you know this these are the recommendations you would actually give from a doctor and I'm not a doctor myself, but you can get the course notes. If um, Just basically how to set appropriate boundaries and um, self-care. Um, and I just kind of wanted to unpack that a bit. So it's not so sterile, I, I would say, which is naming that pain. So right now for our listeners some of you might be grieving because you might be going through a breakup, a divorce, end of an engagement, um, or might be grieving over a miscarriage, grieving over a loss of a pet, or, you know, grieving over a memory of uh, your mother, your father, or your brother, your sister, your best friend, your, you know, you name it. And it might not just be that, but some of you might actually be so overwhelmed by the challenges of life that you might even consider suicide And my heart feels really heavy considering that when we go on, let's say, Facebook or on LinkedIn or Twitter or Instagram or just watching TV or the movies, or you go outside, what we see may not actually reflect what is going on the inside. And I know that. Overwhelmingly, a lot of people are actually hurting rather than smiling. And it breaks my heart.
0: Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And part of why we do what we do here is to share our genuine and real emotions to show uh, how life really is or talk about it that way in a healthy way to show that um, there are good choices that we can make to be healthier rather than keeping it bottled up and hidden. And that also reminds me why we are cutting back our frequency on the podcast is because we do distribute it on social media and we want to encourage people to unplug and be with people in real time and in real life too because there's some things that happen when we're in person with people that really helps us in terms of our mood and emotion and implicit in that it's the healthy and safe people not the people that cause you stress just to spell that out and I really like what you said about naming the pain because when we can name it It no longer has, or it begins to have less power over us.
1: Yes, yes.
0: And that's the whole thing about shame is shame happens because we're silent about the pain.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And especially within a multi-Asian context and, you know, you're in the U.S. I know Canada has a smaller population than the state of California. (laughs) But, you know, ethnically speaking and culturally speaking and based on our race as well, um, there's something about our cultural social upbringing that um, really operationalizes and, and deeply internalizes to a point that it becomes so like ingrained in our psyche that we have to be super awkward or not be able to name the pain and be so fearful that um, just naming it just naming it 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 gets it paralyzes us because we're afraid that just hearing about it is actually worse them being free and that feeling is so intense
0: and the thing is that's not true and the thing we have to fight against is that's not true talking about it does not make things worse
1: you have to talk about it
0: you have to talk about it with safe people
1: that's that that is critical with safe
0: with safe people. people Yeah, so I just want to spell it out because if you just talk about it and rant on social media, that may not help you and it may not help other people because of things called triggers. Yeah. Helen, can you explain what triggers are?
1: Well, I'm I'm an anomaly though because I'm an activist. <laughs>
0: so That's okay. I'm nom- you can have a perspective on what triggers are.
1: Um, because... The work I I'm um, I'm in a, I'm quite unique because if you know I, I recommend our listeners to uh, go back to the very first um, introductory episode for season four on my backstory um, and how I overcame a lot of um, my lived experiences as a former homeless youth and a homeless single mother and being of Korean first generation immigrant descent, which is a lot to unpack that alone. I had to fight my way out of it by naming the pain through breaking the silence because I wanted to break the cycle of intergenerational trauma, meaning I don't want, um, it to pass down to my child or my, I guess if I have grandchildren in the future. And I know that within Asian communities, there's, especially with women um, and, and not just women though, but I mean, within our families, it's sort of passed down generationally. Where we just can't talk about the hardships we can't talk about we can't because it's so painful but I mean I can't speak for other cultures within Asia here in North America you know and a lot of the times the stereotype is that we came here for a better life our parents sacrificed for us to have a better life But when we get here, we find that we have other additional barriers and we suffer as well with um, trying to find a a meaningful balance in our um, well-being, holistically, you know, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and, and physically. So triggers can be, simply put, it could be uh, an unintended um, flashback, which may have nothing to do with the person or the event that triggered you. It could just be a reminder of what happened to you in your past, in your childhood, that's been buried and is coming back up later on when, as a as an adult.
0: And okay so, so so those flashbacks come up that that's when the trigger happens.
1: Right. But
0: yeah. in social media some some of us have seen TW or trigger warning
1: Mm-mm-mm.
0: before a, before a Facebook post or a Twitter post. What what does that mean?
1: Okay, so um when for example um I work in nonprofits Mm-hmm. So, and, and my area of specialty is working within domestic violence, shelter, and trauma-based organizing. And seriously, the stories that come out of the streets from, you know, um survivors is re- incredibly heart-wrenching. And it could be triggering with a, T, a big capital T-W because there are people... um, who have experienced the same thing may ne- may not necessarily have you know lived in the streets to have experienced, for example, um, incest or or rape. And just just the word rape can just trigger someone, right? Like for example, when Me Too hashtag Me Too became popular, a floodgate of women just Just lost it, you know. So um unintentionally though, the even though people may have been triggered, the result of that may actually brought in increased um community and affinity and increased um support so there's there's like the hell of of going through that trigger being having the flashback of the pain but the joy and the healing and the freedom in sharing and naming the pain and breaking through the silence is finding like-minded survivors like-minded people who get you and who support you and who are willing to just love you and and just embrace you wholeheartedly for your vulnerability. And that's I think what um we're trying to talk about when we talk about the relationship between trigger and trauma and safe people. Okay. And and, and it and, and the road to that I get mm-hmm. it, it can be a little it can it can definitely be messy. It can definitely be messy. I mean, and so um that's why the the topic of today's show is on forgiveness and grace yes because because when it gets messy and this work of healing is a journey mm-hmm. because you can't demand to fix it mm-hmm. you can't mm-hmm. you can't demand that people just get over it or snap mm-hmm. out of it. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh it's part of self care and community care. You gotta put work into it mm-hmm. and and uh, knowing who's safe you're around. You you know this when you feel um more alive around them, when you feel supported. And mm. you find increased joy in life. People who just kind of bring you life-giving joy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you know what I mean? Um, DJ?
0: Yeah, I think there's a TV person that says, uh, does it bring you a spark of joy? <laughs> a
1: TV person?
0: <laughs> although 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 that person was talking about things. And we're talking about people that will bring you a spark of joy, so I think there's a parallel there. so to summarize the the trigger warnings are for mentions of stories that are uh, not necessarily graphic but certainly graphic ones or even the topic or the word uh, can. Take someone to a place that will bring back uh, painful memories that are unresolved. There
1: you go, unresolved. So
0: yeah, and so we should have have a trigger warning on this episode Mm -hmm. since we have used some of those words. So we'll put that right at the top of the title Mm -hmm. and description because we we are kind of going there because this is the family uh, gathering season Mm -hmm. and. Very few of us have perfect families and that Mm -hmm. imperfection can be very painful, especially Mm -hmm. when it's in that category of uh, hurts that we have or hurts done against us. Mm -hmm. And then for those of us that are more sensitive, the disappointments or Mm -hmm. the imperfections or not being able to measure up or being criticized in an Asian Mm -hmm. setting, uh, sometimes we're criticized for our grades, or the way we look, the weight, the height, or whatever thing, comparisons and all those other kinds of things that tend to happen in family contexts that just that really get under our skin. And the way out of it is to name that pain and part of the work. And there's a lot more work than just time and effort and uh, safety. Uh, one of the hardest step of work is the idea of forgiveness. That mm. so when pain has been inflicted on you, uh, forgiveness seems like the hardest thing to do because that pain, that injustice, that hurt has been done to you in such a intentionally and hurtful way. How... How can someone get to that point of forgiveness? Letting because go. with without it, without it, uh, you're stuck. But with it, it's so hard to get there. What have you seen? What is your understanding of how does someone find the strength,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or what is it that's needed to get to forgiveness?
1: Well, um, so I, I've, I've like, um, I've been on this journey of seeking, um, healing for over 20 years now, over 20 years since I got my I'm glad depression. You're still at it. Yes. And I'm still at it. And that, and the reason why I said I'm an anomaly because I'm, I'm openly talking about it on a podcast. But I think i've and I openly talk about it as a keynote speaker at events and at at fundraising galas and you know i'm I'm sort of like your poster child or poster poster woman as a as a i don't know someone who magically i guess made it out of poverty and is able to give back, but that's not true. That's not true at all. I'm still, I'm, I still, it's, it's still a work for me, but I, I'm able to talk about it openly because, um, one area that I learned, and this wasn't so long ago because, the, um, I surround myself, I don't know, the more I shared, I found myself with like-minded folks who are on this similar pathway and, and, um, and I um I got diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder, by the way. Um and like Facebook alone, I found that there's so many groups and even apps and even Instagram communities where there are hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people just in North America alone, just the US and Canada, like I I, I, I can't even believe how many people there will be in the world, right? Mm-hmm. But hearing their, hearing people's stories was just really eye-opening and healing for me. Um, and for our show notes, I'm sharing an article from Canada for all of our listeners. Because I know I'm bringing a unique Canadian perspective. And uh, it's from the Canadian Broadcasting Company about um, how to practice forgiveness for a healthier and happier holiday season. And it might, I don't know if you've heard this or not, but forgiveness is not just for the person who may have harmed you and really painfully hurt you, but it's for yourself. And I I think that's the thing where, how do we forgive ourselves? Um, And so this article, and I I like this article because it goes like there's bullet points in a very hyper information, you know, world. But when we talked about naming the pain, it's really about identifying the problems And how to practice relaxation techniques. So, for myself, I often pray and I go into like these deep breathing, meditation, self affirming practices where I negate some of the internalized lies that may have been um, said to me or I may have interpreted instead of myself. Like, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough. Um, you know what DJ shared previously about just being back up against the wall about the fear of criticism and then you internalize and you criticize yourself and then you're back even more up against the wall right so negating that with a lot of self-affirming statements with I am I am enough I am whole I am complete I am worthy, I am joy, I am peace, you know, and just kind of repeating that over and over again, um, and, and the other part is like the self-awareness, where you kind of look into your body, how the impact of the trigger, or just around certain situations, how that impacts your body, Or just how it feels in like the connection between mind, body, and soul, because some of that pain stays in your body. Um, So it's kind of like observing and challenging your own responses, and transforming your perception to a positive outlook. And so some of the tips are like, if you feel a certain way, and you've been told that it's wrong to have emotions. That's a lie. It's okay to feel and just feel it. It's okay. It's perfectly fine. And when you're around safe people that love you without judgment and just loves you. It's okay to be held. It's okay to cry. Jesus cried too, by the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just say for our listeners, yes. <laughs> This Christmas we're celebrating Jesus' birthday. He cried, okay.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> and, um, so feel the feelings. It's okay. And there's a lot of literature out there about self-regulation of emotional awareness. So it's a bit distinct from emotional intelligence, which you might hear a lot in business um, culture um, and then this, uh, CDC article was talking about, you know, surrounding yourself with people that care about you and support you. And that's what we named as safe people. Um, and, and you're probably wondering like, well, what if I don't know if they're safe people? What if I don't know if I can trust them? I I totally get that. That's perfectly legit because if you've been traumatized and you've been hurt so much and you're, Suffering from distrust, and you're. But at the same time, you want that connection, but you're feeling so isolated and lonely. You know how can you break through that? How can you break through that? And and so, um, it goes on further to say, forgiveness does not mean that we remain alone in a conflicted or toxic situation. It just means that you acknowledge your experiences and heal with the help of balanced and healthy relationships around you. So it goes into further talking about self-expression, and I know in Asian cultures, like we've somehow stereotypically been conditioned to just keep your mouth shut, you know, especially for women. (laughs) We have to submit.
0: (laughs) Men don't talk very much either, so there you go. True
1: that. Wait, that's the stereotype, though. That's the stereotype of the model minority. We work hard and we shut up. Shut up and work hard. Get the straight A's. (laughs) Get a good job. High-paying (laughs) six-figure. But these are all lies. Because, again, if you go back into the statistics and research, there's so many Asian families that are hurting with debt. They might have, like, a rich BMW car on the outside but their house might be actually living in poverty. We don't know what's really going on with people's lives. you know. Um, so this is where the expression comes. When, um, um, and if you don't feel comfortable sharing with people, this um, article, which is also um, an interview with uh, a wellness um, practitioner, is you could journal it out. So for people who, I'm, I tend to go, on um, um, I don't know, like more of the extroversion side, but if you're an introvert, and it's okay, like there's no right or wrong answer. You can be an introvert and you can journal. I find a lot of people, they talk about journaling. I personally found healing not in journaling, but podcasting because I'm a loud mouth like that.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad we can help here.
1: Thank you. but if you're an introvert it's okay journal it out or if you're creative and you don't you can't express it in words doodle it out get a get a get a paint start painting or doodling or drawing or start i don't know some people just start writing poems like there's so many different ways you can self-express that pain
0: or some people learn boxing
1: true that too um, yeah. or so, i mean the
0: principle the principle is get it out of you yes because when yeah. you bottle it up that's where it's festering
1: yes and it can manifest in itself in where you're just kind of like zombied in bed
0: yeah because you're being weighed down no one can carry all that burden by themselves
1: and um you know and and it's and, and the thing is this is where compassion comes in and empathy because um and I love this so much when I was researching um shame and vulnerability in the context of Monica Lewinsky when she actually disappeared from the face of the planet for 10 years after I don't know like um people were trying to I don't know, there was something going on with Bill Clinton and who was the former president of the U.S. and Monica Lewinsky, and for our listeners that don't know what happened between Monica Lewinsky and Bill Clinton, in a nutshell, um, she was a 21-year-old intern who was very vulnerable and naive, and she fell in love with her boss, who was the president. And um, he, he took advantage of her sexually. And um And the country tried to impeach him for that, but instead she's the one who lost her job and she faced a lot of online bullying and harassment and she wanted to kill herself. And so um, she disappeared, but she found a way to be resilient and grow from that traumatic experience and she did her first TEDx talk here in Canada and Vancouver, by the way, and, uh, and she, she said she referenced to Brene Brown um, about how uh, empathy and compassion, there's no space for shame and empathy and compassion. And the reason why I mentioned that is because through contemplation and this article, again, with this EBC article talks about um, taking time and space for yourself. Empathetically, compassionately, loving yourself.
0: Well, thank you for and, summarizing the article.
1: Yeah, and um, you know, I, I really like the some of the thought-provoking questions about is there a benefit to holding on to the anger, shame, fear, or pain? And observe your answers without judgment. Ask yourself, what would it mean if I forgave? And that's where grace comes in for me. You know, we're entering a new year. (laughs) And uh, I would really like to release and let go. So just letting go and clearing my mind, my soul, my heart and letting it out of my body, the pain that's been internalized in my body, which manifests into you know, um, the impact of stress. I really like to start fresh. I don't know about you, but I wanna see all of our listeners um, thriving and living in a healthy, loving community.
0: Yes. Amen. And yeah, find, finding one person that you can feel comfortable with sharing some of your pain is the start of a wonderful healing journey. Because uh, for myself and people I know that have gone through painful uh, parts of life, and some people. Uh, there's two that come to mind, three that come to mind right now that I'm in conversation with and supporting as they mm. go through a hard season of life. Mm. That um, uh, knowing knowing someone uh, will not just will not give advice. Uh, We'll just listen Mm -hmm. and we'll show tangible ways of caring by checking in on them and Mm -hmm. giving them the space to process Mm -hmm. uh, can make a huge difference to the person to work on the things that they can work on. But they need that that support and that safe place. And professional therapy can provide some of that Mm -hmm. or a lot of that. Uh, medication can help clear the chemical side of your brain mm-hmm. and we hope by our example that uh, if you feel like you have no no one to reach out to uh, we we would offer ourselves but you don't you might say hey you're just strangers well more watch more of our episodes and see if you get a sense of uh, safety so The important part is you—you have to feel that safety before you can open up. So you can't force it, but um, it is—you are in the driver's seat to uh, recognize that you need help and you reach out for it. So, and um, when you get to that safe place, and then there's a point where you come to need to forgive the hurt that's been done to you or the hurt that you caused upon yourself. And grace is the gift that gives you the strength to forgive because you do need to let go of those things that are weighing you down and then you can continue on that journey and find healing. So,
1: Yeah, and also I just want to share that um, there are um, national toll-free phone number, can contact, if hmm. you are in a situation where you feel that you um, really, really quickly need to talk to someone if it's um, end-of-life care. Um, and Is that what
0: they call it in Canada?
1: <laughs> I, I just said that because I didn't want to use the S word.
0: Oh, thank they- you. Yeah. Well, we already did.
1: I don't, so but I'm being
0: in the in the U.S. They called it the National Suicide Hotline, <laughs>
1: See, which I'm is being nice.
0: One of the other resources I found really helpful, even for myself, is a warm line.
1: Mm.
0: So a warm line is a f- number that you can call. Uh, there's several of them here in California. Mm. I'm not sure about Canada. no you know the warm lines are awesome because you can just call and they will listen (laughs) empathetically and so there are several occasions where i just call the warm line and it gives me emotional and moral support to
1: uh, stay Mm. healthy i never heard of a warm line before but that sounds really warm i like it
0: it is. That's yeah. why I, I said I didn't know if Canada had those.
1: I've never heard of a warm line before. I like it though. It sounds warm. It it, it so, is warm. Yeah, I like it. Um, yeah.
0: So yeah, if I it, if I can find one in Canada, I'll add it in the show notes. I know yeah, they have no, them in California though.
1: No, we we have a uh, there's there's a there's a lot. I mean, if you're if you're a youth, I recommend that the Kids Help phone line um that's highly recommended and it's free of service for youth um and here you know youth can be defined as as an adult a young adult up to 30 years of age
0: oh okay
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> right. and and uh if you're over 30 there are um uh, crisis centers that you can contact um and but I don't know like I'm so grassroots because again because of my activist background I I have um I found grassroots uh support from these like really cool online communities over uh Facebook or Instagram that are really popping up and emerging and even though they're not expert, but it's just being within community. Mm-hmm. So you're mm-hmm. not in isolation. Yes. Um, especially within your ethnic community, I found super helpful because there are some um, cultural nuances um, that I find particularly healing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the I guess the... the The final part that I wanted to just really share for our listeners, and even people that might know me, is I'm sorry. I just wanna say I'm sorry. And this is really, part of forgiveness is not just expecting an apology but it's also giving generously an apology hmm. being a giver and a receiver I might not know what I did to do something but I'm sorry and I don't want to make any excuses because that would be inauthentic So, I hope you can accept my wholehearted apology, and for and I, i'm I'm putting myself out there sort of as a radical example <laughs> of forgiveness and an apology um, because uh, it is the holiday, and you know. Christmas is around the corner and New Year's is around the corner. I'm going to be making some phone calls or writing some letters, heartfelt letters or postcards to uh, reconcile or make amends because I seek a pathway of peace. And uh, I just want you to know that even if you might not have apologized to me. I forgive you because I love you. Mm
0: -hmm. Thank you. Thank you, Helen, for being generous with grace and forgiveness and apology. And it's so fitting in our holidays to be generous. So thank you. And thank you for sharing your time and your life. And cheering us on, all of you listeners and watchers, that your life matters and we want to see you thrive and become more healthy and more generous. So um, this holiday, um, reach out when you need help and remove yourself from difficult situations when it's overwhelming. Mm. Uh, It's okay to do that. Yeah. or
1: reach out to somebody
0: yeah definitely I, I said that I no just
1: said
0: i mean
1: <laughs> i mean not looking for help but reach out to somebody to reconcile
0: okay good you
1: know like like good
0: me. good for clarifying because there's yeah. two meanings to reach out <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great. okay well merry christmas happy kwanzaa happy new year <laughs> And we look forward to continuing our conversation in 2020. Okay, be and well.
1: Happy
0: Hanukkah. And Hanukkah too. Thank you, Helen. See you next year.
1: Bye. See you next year.